0: Lighting a, sh- a candle for Shabbos is not optional, meaning if you want to light it you can, if not you don't have to. Nor is it a mitzvah uh, in the sense that that you don't have to pursue until you fulfill it, it's like the example of making a Erev in your courtyard with the appropriate uh, steps, which allows you to carry there, or until you die in lechila, or washing your hands for bread, which are only circumstantial mitzvahs. If you're going to eat bread, or if you're going to carry, then you have to do this mitzvah. Ela it's a chayvah. So the term reshus and mitzvah don't apply to their Shabbos. The proper term is chaveh. It's an obligation which must be done regardless. By hook or by crook. Men and women are equally obligated to have a candle burning in their house on Shabbos it's presumably the price to, applies only to Friday night not the Shabbos day even a person is so poor he has not what to eat show up. he has to beg on, uh, by knocking on doors and then purchase oil and then light a candle or lamp because that's part of the basic, obliga- basic obligation of having enjoyment on Shabbos elsewhere the Ramam says it's also part of honoring Shabbos so there's two things enjoyment, unic, and covet, which is just honoring. Chayav lavarachinim <laughs> adloka, a person must make a bracha before he lights the candles. Baruch ha toa ha the al of the chaylam ha sherik, and shalom sefavit sevon, al-hadlik nesha Shabbos, to light the candles of Shabbos. De'achshem <laughs> avaruch ha ka'az varim shuchayav, al-hadlik nesha Shabbos, as the same way you make a bracha on any other obligation which is rabbinic, biblical, excuse me, rabbinic, mitivisefim, mitraban on base. Mutal estamish, posh, nesha Shabbos, a person is allowed to benefit and use the light of the Shabbos candle who provided, provided that the matter does not require a great uh, scrutiny. Something that a person has to be uh, exacting and scrutinizing in his, his seeing, like reading letters. it's a person. It's forbidden to uh, do so to the light of the candles. Uh, to inspect the light of the candles because we're worried you're going to tilt the candle to bring more oil. Closer to the wick to increase the light because you're scrutinizing something, like you're reading small letters. And you can't read it, so you can tilt the candle in order to uh, uh, tilt, the, tilt, the lamp, make it brighter. That's the, that's going to be the prohibition of mavi of light of uh, lighting a fire on Shabbos. Loch gimel, Hamadlik tarach l'hadik v'yomim. A person lights Shabbos candles must light them before Shabbos starts. On Shabbos you can't light candles. Kedem shi'aseh before sunset. al zeh This mitzvah, even though we said the obligation applies to men and women equally. If men and women live together in the same house, a married couple for example, the mitzvah applies to the women more. Because women are more found in the home, whereas men are out working, out working and uh, therefore the obligation falls on the women more because it's a home obligation. The idea of lighting the candles in the home, making sure the home is in order, is an obligation on the women more than the men. They're again more involved in the household chores, household, household work rather. The man has the obligation to ensure that they that they to 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 um, ensure them and to um, to urge them. and to uh, remind them about this. And tell the people of his household before Shabbos starts. did you light the candle? Like a question mark after Haner. What if it's a doubt if Shabbos has started or not? You're not sure if. Shabbos has started. In you know, classically, it would be a time when the sun has set. However, you're not sure if it's night. It's not nightfall yet. madlikin, you don't light Shabbos candles because it might be Shabbos, and uh, uh, you're not a, sh- a candle on Shabbos. Dalin, once the sun sets, until you see three medium-sized stars. Stars, that's what the time we refer to as benashmushes. The time between the servers, so to speak. Hashmashim means the servers, means it's between the servant of the sun, servant of the moon, day and night. And in between is called ben between the servers. So that's the time between when you're not sure if it's day or if it's not, not sure if it's night. night. that's the suffering of it's day or night time. we're stringent in, uh, in all situations, both directions. you may not light the candles once the sun has set, because it might be night time. Even though it might not be nighttime till the stars come out, but we're stringent. If a person does malacha ben Ashmash, not time frame on Friday and, and also on Saturday night. In both cases, it was an accident. He must bring a carbon for violating the Shabbos accidentally because he definitely did so on Shabbos. So, uh, uh, person, let's say, let's let's assume it was the same malacha. Keep it simple. Person smoked a cigarette between sunset and nightfall on Friday night, and then did again uh, uh, on Saturday night both cases he forgot that you can't uh, let a fire on Shabbos or so he, he forgot away Shabbos completely. So he's chaivah karmechatos for violating the Shabbos accidentally. If he only did it Friday night but not Saturday night or vice versa, in that case he did not necessarily for sure violate the Shabbos because it's possible that Shabbos starts at sunset and ends at sunset. So if he smoked a cigarette after sunset, before nightfall, Saturday night perhaps it wasn't even Shabbos. So he's not chaivah karmechatos, he may be chaivah, a different kind of karmechatos. These stars are referring to, the three medium stars which, which signify nightfall look at they they're not, talk, not, not, not not like large stars which can be seen even when it's still daytime like not nor small very small ones which can only be seen much later at night and medium-sized stars once you see these medium-sized stars there's a lot that that's when it's certainly certainly nighttime see your local Jewish calendar for the exact time so the wick which you use to light Shabbos candles you don't make it out of something which causes the can- light to flicker so it doesn't really grab the doesn't burn a, a smooth uh, flame. For example, t'zemer wool, the uh hair, goat's hair, meshi silk, heres the fibers from a cedar tree, pishdan and flax, uh, flax which has not been uh, combed. Uh, the uh shaldekel, the like, fluffy stuff of a palm tree, it's called bast. Or different types of just soft trees. Um, so, um, all type, uh, and, and things like that, similarly, all types of materials. These are all things which cause, that when a fire burns from them, it doesn't really burn steadily and smoothly, it, it, it flickers a lot. This is by rather you must use a wick. Which causes the fire to to really grab well and burn steadily. Going for example, pishta, uh, carded flax, flax which has been you know basically you know uh, combed and it's thin and it's uh, much easy burns easier. Uh, excuse me, pishta, futsa, combed flax, the big day uh material or garments of linen. Temergef and, and cotton. Temergef literally means uh, the uh, wool of the vine. Wool which grows, which means cotton. Of, and, and things like that. Classic things that usually people make wicks out of. Because they burn well. The person lighting the Shabbos candles has to make sure that the majority of it has caught fire before Shabbos starts. Otherwise we're worried that on Shabbos you're going to start adjusting it and trying to get it to, uh, to burn better. Vav. Someone who lights something with which you may use as a, shot, as, a as a as a wick, for example, cotton, he wraps that around something which you may not use as a wick, like unprocessed um, wool or wool. Even the wool inside, is <laughs> merely just <laughs> to thicken the wick. to add the light. Also, excuse me, if it's for the the wick, it's forbidden because in that case, he wants to use something which is forbidden as as a material to contribute to the size of the fire if it's just there as a, as, a, as a stiffener to help the wick stand so the wick should stand erect and not fall down in that case you're allowed to do that because uh, in the first case we're, we're worried that you're going to actually come to use the wool as a wick itself because it's contributing to the thickness of the of the wick itself and the fire however if in the, just using it as, as something which is a stiffener we're not worried you're going to come to use that as an actual wick um Excuse me, A person is allowed to put a grain of salt or a bean at the opening of the, the, of the lamp where the wick sticks out of the lamp on Erev Shabbos. The purpose of that apparently is because the grain of salt helps the oil burn brighter and the bean apparently makes the oil, makes the wick burn slower. So these all things make, make, make the fire brighter, make it last longer. And then it burns that way into Shabbos. Any kind of wick that you may not use as material on Shabbos, may be used to make a large bonfire, or like a, like a torch. Whether you're trying to use it to warm yourself or to use it for light. Whether it's in a, in a candle holder or it's on the ground, in a fireplace. It's only forbidden to use it for an actual wick for a candle, because those are much more, much more flimsy uh, and, and they won't produce good light. But if it's already a much larger fire, then we're not worried about any of these things happening. <laughs> the oil which you use for the Shabbos lamp. It has to be the kind of oil which easily draws after the wick and is consumed easily. Oil which is not easily draw after the wick. Again, for example, uh, Zephes, which is uh, tar, but we're talking about tar which is, which is melted. Uh, not talking about a case where you made a candle out of tar. Veshaiva uh, and, and beeswax, again, if it's melted and you're using it as like an oil fuel as opposed to a candle, that, that's something else. Uh, so uh, these cannot be used for like oil. Melted, melted tar, melted beeswax, shaman kick, uh, oil of the kick, which is uh, kind of a gourd. Ve'alya um, and uh, the fat from a sheep's tail that can you melt it into, into a uh, wick. Or animal fat, are not allowed to be used as liquid fuel. Why are we not allowed to use wicks that the fire does not easily catch on? Nor oil, which is easily drawn after the wick. And then, Ophel worried that the light is going to be dim. And you're going to tilt it. When you're using the, oil, the, the for example, on the Shabbos table you're eating and you can't see well, you're going to tilt the, um, the fire. You tilt the lamp to make more oil, more uh, fuel run towards the wick, which increases the brightness. And that's a prohibition of lighting a f- of, 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 of lighting a fire or, or providing fuel for a fire on Shabbos. It also says elsewhere the reason is you may... Uh, end up leaving the room because the fire is unpleasant and you rather be in a dark room than in a dimly lit room with the oil flick- with the candle flickering. It's not pleasant. Uh, but the primary reason is because we're worried you're going to um, tilt the candle, which is why if a person hires or asks someone to just stand there and watch you and you, his job is just to make sure you should not tilt the lamp, you are allowed to use any kind of... Uh, you're allowed to use a lamp. Well, you, know, you can't use any kind of fuel, but you can... Use, you can uh, as we said earlier, you're not allowed to do things that are, require detail, like reading, reading or small print or any print really. Um, especially back then, everything was handwritten, so it was less me- less neat. Uh, by the light of a fire, if you if you ask someone to watch you to make sure that he, you don't touch the lamp, you may read by the fire's light, and that obviously will prevent you from tilting the lamp because someone is going to remind you. It's not going to help you from leaving the room because you're not enjoying the candles. Therefore, you see the primary reason is. Uh, the first reason that we're worried you're going to tilt the lamp, which is why hiring a watchman helps you. Tests it helps you that you're allowed to use the candle uh, to read. If you have fat that you melted, or uh, uh, intestines of a fish that 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 you melted, uh, or cut into small pieces. Um, okay. So cut into small pieces that you or that sorry that the fat or that was melted or um kishkas, the intestines of a fish that were melted. And You're allowed to put a small amount of oil into them, and then you may use them as uh a uh, a fuel for the fire. Um so so the the, the uh these two kinds of fuels do burn well if they're in a, in a liquid state, um, but we're we're worried you're going to end up using these types of fat from the animal or, or fish uh, intestines as solid material, solid you know like like a, like a solid fat as fuel. In which case, there's problematically it would not, not draw after the wick well. But if you put a little bit of oil into it, then we're not worried. You're going to come to use it if it's in its solid state. You're going to know that you. the only reason why it's okay over here is because because is of the liquid state. You, you can put a little bit of oil to it and use it for fuel. The types of fire and oils that you may not use, excuse me, the type of oil you may not use to light um, the Shabbos candles. Even if you mix them with other oils to light, you may not use them as... Um, as uh, fuel for Shabbos lamp they don't, they don't draw after the wick well The fish kishkas And uh, animal fat That you mix with oil Does draw after the wick well uh, In a liquid state other, other, These types of other oils That the Chambas say not to use Even a little bit of olive oil in them Doesn't help them uh, Aleph To use itron Which is pine sap uh, Other places translate as kerosene for fuel because it has a bad smell Maybe you're going to leave the room uh, And go somewhere else Because it's a bad smell And the chiv is to stay in the place where there's In the room that has light you know, on Shabbos Not in the uh, Not somewhere else uh, like to go out, Maybe you're going to go outside for example the a chiv to actually be by the place Where there's light on Shabbos, for Shabbos. A little bit sorry you're not allowed to use um, Balsam oil Because it has a very, very good smell. Maybe you're going to take some of the oil out of the lamp and use it as perfume, and that's a problem because by taking away some of the fuel from the fire, you're causing it to be extinguished a little bit earlier, and that's considered extinguishing a fire on Shabbos. So, also, because it's um, very flammable. So, what's the problem with that? You now use white. uh naphtha. I feel even in the week did the fuel a lamp and pay shoot off because it's extremely flammable. But what's the problem? You have the it's a dangerous, it's dangerous. So the says as a for saccharine purposes, he's not allowed to use these extremely flammable material. Any day a week for, for, for a lamp, including uh, Shabbos or not. You know, a person is allowed to use any kind of oil for uh Shabbos, the Shabbos candles. So when said, I said in the other that the oils which you're not allowed the word oil there, actually shemen, really means fuel, not oil. Here we're saying you're allowed to use mamish oil, any kind of oil that's produced from a, a natural state. Um, if you're going to shemen, the radish oil, sesame oil, the Turnip oil, the chalkezaben, or anything else like that, those are all permitted for Shabbos candles. In the only oil, oils or fuels which may not be used are the ones specified by the chachaman. Those are all the ones we said earlier in Allah's ches and tes and yut. A person should not put a, a uh, vessel, like a mm-hmm. bowl, with a hole in it full of oil on top of the lamp. So that the oil will slowly drip into the lamp. Nor should you fill a bowl of oil, put it next to the lamp, and then you'll put the 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 wick. Sort of, um, uh, it'll be it'll start in that bowl of oil, go into the lamp, and then it'll, it'll, the burning part will be in the lamp. Why should, should you should not do any of these things? sits. Uh, we're worried you're going to take some of the oil in that other bowl which is providing oil for the Shabbos candle. Because since the wick is not in the actual oil itself, it's in a separate vessel in both cases, it has not become uh, disgusting from the ash. And it's a and besides the problem, if you do that, well, the second example, it's, it could be a problem of, of mamish, a problem of... Um, of um, extinguishing a fire, because you take them from the fuel fuel of the fire, it's in, it's considered one thing because the the connects them. But even in the first example, um, in which case is two separate uh, kalim, so it's dripping in from the kelim with the hole, is still a problem because you're not allowed to benefit on Shabbos from oil, which. Has been designated to uh, to provide fuel for the for the, for the lamp. Fuel comes on there, even after the fire goes out. If I feel enough, not nothing on there, even if it drips out of the uh, lamp. Because it's because of isser. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, so then I stand corrected. In both cases, in both of these contraptions in the, the giving of the aloha, once the oil has been designated for uh, providing fuel for the for your, for the oil and Shabbos already started, so now any oil you remove from that, uh, those uh, oil supplies, you are doing the Isra of extinguishing the fire on Shabbos, so that by definition, all the oil becomes Muksa. and therefore, even after the candle goes out, it remains mukzah because when the Shabbos starts, it's mukzah it stays muktza the all Shabbos, and, and even though we can assume the candle's not going to burn the entire Shabbos, we still forbade the person from, from doing this contraption because he's going to transgress the Isra of Mukzah by taking some of the oil after the candle goes out. Or perhaps worse, maybe he'll transgress the prohibition of extinguishing by taking some of the fuel while the candle's still burning. If, however, you attach the vessel, the, the bowl, which has the oil, to the to the actual lamp itself using some kind of plaster or uh, uh, cement, in that case, it's permitted. The answer is because, uh, the reason why that's okay is because the actual lamp itself no one's going to touch on Shabbos. Everyone knows that's Muksa. But this keli, which is next to it or on top of it, from which oil is dripping, not everyone realizes that's Muksa. If, however, you attach it, the way that's one lamp, it's one, it's one one, thing, so then it's all, it all seems like one big lamp, and then, of course, everyone understands it's muksa, No one's going to touch it on Shabbos, even after the candle extinguishes. Yud Gimel. Now let us put a large bowl under, let's say, the lamp. Let lamp is attached to the wall. You're not allowed to put a bowl under it to get to to receive in it any, any oil that drips from the lamp into the bowl on Shabbos. or even on the table, you put a lamp into in a larger bowl. Because once the oil drips into it, that um sorry, so so uh you're not allowed to put it there, you're not allowed to put it under the under the lamp on Shabbos, because any oil that drips into it uh becomes. The oil is mukta, and by and by putting it, putting it in designating it to catch mukta oil, the bowl becomes mukta itself as well. you're now causing the clead to be nullified from its usage. So that's becomes mukta and to make create make an object become mukta on Shabbos is not allowed because it resembles destroying or the shattering the object. So you're technically speaking, you're 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 technically destroying it, even though it's not physically moved at all or physically changed. If you put it before Shabbos starts, in that case, mutter, it's permitted. So since the thing that you're doing that causes, it, that, causes it to be, that causes it to be forbidden to be carried on Shabbos was done before Shabbos, you're not causing it to be destroyed on Shabbos. So it's essentially, the, the bowl doesn't really become muktzah. However, the oil in the bowl becomes muktzah, and therefore you can't move the bowl. So it's a technicality. But the bowl itself does not change the halacha of, of becoming a muktzah bowl. So therefore, it's not considered like destroying the bowl, so to speak. And in, I guess in theory, let's say the oil would become evaporated on Shabbos, and maybe even permitted to move the bowl afterwards. But in any event, you're um, <speaking in Hebrew> allowed to put a vessel under a lamp on Shabbos in order to, to collect the, the little sparks that fall off the wick. A <speaking in Hebrew> little little burning ashes ash that goes into the air and falls down on the ground. It <speaking in Hebrew> does not consider a substance. That doesn't nullify the bowl from being allowed to be carried, and therefore it's not a problem. But it doesn't make it muktza. You're not allowed to put water in that bowl. Even before Shabbos, that causes the sparks, which fly off the candle, into the bowl to extinguish them. And that's considered extingu- extinguishing a fire. And we're afraid that if you're going to put it there before Shabbos, you might come to put it there on Shabbos. You doubt it. You're not allowed to uh, do an activity called Lice de a garment, checking a garment for lice, or taking off out, out the lice, um, using the light of a candle on Shabbos. For lay currently I know you know to read by the candlelight. feel you go very much even if the candle's very far from you. It's two stories up. even if it's ten houses one on top of the other. Um, uh, um, even even though there are ten stories one on top of the other. And the candle is in the highest story You should not use the light of that candle To read or delouse a garment Again, we're were worried uh, uh, That you're going to forget it's Shabbos In order to increase the light You're going to tip the candle To increase the flow of oil to the wick And that's Shabbos Two people reading one thing together they're learning the Gemara together. They're allowed to uh, read by the light of the candle. Each one is going to remind his friend if his friend forgets. Right? People are always very good at uh, telling someone else that they're doing something wrong. So, but if they, each one is, you know, using the you know, one guy is this omer, one guy is that omer from the same Gemara. Each each one, uh, if they're learning two separate, separate subjects, is not going to. Uh, Remind the other person, and the, the chiddush is that apparently Rambam holds even if they're using the same safer, since they're not uh, involved together, they're reading separately. They are uh, not going to remind each other. That's vav. Children are allowed to read before their teacher by candle on Shabbos. The teacher's job is to guard them, and he's going to make sure they don't tilt the candle. He should not read. He's not. A, he, he doesn't feel. Scrutinized and the need to kind of be on his best behavior just because they're watching him but the reverse is true he's allowed to look at the to see in, in the beginning of the, of the section that they have to read from and he gives it to them they read she's not allowed to read the actual words but he, but he can read it just enough to tell them where the starting point is vessels cutlery for example or, or uh, silverware which are similar to each other, The and they can only be discerned if you take pay careful attention, you know, there's a similar designs, it's not so easy to tell them apart, you're not allowed to bring them close to the light to distinguish between them, right, you want to know which set goes over here, which set goes over there, you can't do that. is an example of scrutiny which you call, might cause you to tilt the oil, tilt the lamp, a servant who's not usually in that house, he's a temp, Temporary. Also, He's not allowed to inspect the cups and plates by the candlelight. He doesn't, doesn't recognize them well. Whether it's an olive oil lamp, or even if it's a kerosene lamp, which produces a lot of light. We don't differentiate. We're worried that he's going to tilt the lamp. If it's a usual servant in the house, he's allowed to use the candlelight to, to inspect, Which you know, which set this which set this copper plate belongs to him. he doesn't need to scrutinize it, he right away, he, he's used to it, he works it every day, if it was an olive oil can, uh, lamp, you don't tell him to use it to check, the, to check the cutlery, even though he's allowed to, or maybe he's going to use from the oil for some reason, so he's going to take the olive oil to use for whatever household purpose. He's either, even though he's allowed to. We shouldn't tell him to because by telling him to, it's going to make him feel more comfortable taking from the oil and be mechallel shabbos. Yud zayin. There's a candle behind the door. This could mean the candle's attached to the door from behind, or a convenience on the wall right behind the door. Now allowed to, in that case, if there's a candle burning behind the door, you're not allowed to open and close the door as normal. That's going to certainly the, uh, put the candle out. If it's only a doubt, we said you're allowed to, because like we said in the previous in the kind of concept of sikration, doing an activity which might cause Mukhah to happen, it's only, for, only forbidden if you actually if it's for sure is gonna happen. you're only allowed to be you, you must be careful when you open it and be careful when you close it. So you can't open and close it as normally. You have to do it very carefully. Uh, do your best to make sure you should not go out. You're not allowed to open a door opposite the fire so that the wind should blow on the fire and, and, and fan the fire. So even though it's a regular normal wind. Um, You're allowed to put a Shabbos candle on a tree, even though it's connected to the, to the ground, and we're not worried about anything. In, in other words, we're talking about a case, obviously you put the candle there before Shabbos starts. You now I move a lamp on Shabbos. So you can, can't put you can put the lamp there before Shabbos starts on the tree. And um, and we're not worried that a person is going to uh, use the tree on Shabbos or, or make a use of the tree, which is which is muktza on Shabbos, because you're not you're not gonna make use of the lamp either, because the lamp is mukta, so you're not gonna touch the lamp, you're not gonna touch the tree. This is the contrast to this over here is yantif. Yantif, where you're allowed to make use of a lamp, you can move a lamp around. Candles not mukta on yantif. So you now have to put it on the tree on your before or even before your because then you can make, come to use the tree because you're gonna use the candle, which is sitting on the tree. Yudhas, call every Jewish town and, and village, taking uh, behind there are six uh, stages, six sets of Shafer blasts that are or, or any or a trumpet blasts or any whatever tool you have, uh, air, raid, uh, air raid siren, maybe. Uh, that must be done there before Shabbos, So Malcolm and Goveya are taken they would do so at a high high place. That the, whole, the people of all this all the uh, of the of the city and the surrounding areas should all hear it. So if it's high up on the mountain, there's no uh, nothing blocking the sound from traveling everywhere. So what are these six shayfer blasts, these six stages, six trumpet blasts? Here we're sharing the first one. Ibn the the, when the first one is sounded, the people working in the field stop plowing and digging. And um, doing other labors in the field. However, those who are close to the city, those fields that are routes right out to the city, are not allowed to come into the city until those who are far come close. And they're going to all enter together at, at one time reason for that is because if they don't come all at one time, people are going to think that those people who came who are close by came in first, stopped working right away, and the people who came further away. People are going to look at them and say, "Who's this guy? This frayak? He's he's working so close to Shabbos." So therefore, it's embarrassing, and they're going to suspect that he's working too close to Shabbos. And therefore, they all come together, so everyone should realize that they're all in one in one boat. Even the people who are who are far and people who are close, all all stop working at the same time. At that time, the stores are still allowed to be open and with their shutters in place. Uh, which apparently means that they have to sort of um, uh, be open for those who are coming in and out, but the shutters are closed so that they, people realize it's almost closing time. His I think. If they start blowing, they, then, they, then they blow Schaefer a second blast. In that case, the shutters should be secured. Oh, sorry, no. So what I said before is not correct. Shutters are in place means they don't close the shutters yet. The second Schaefer blast, now, um, the stalkuatrisin. In that case, the, uh, the, sh- the, the the shutters should be, like, you know, uh, 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 secured. Um, and the stores are closed. Um, but the hot water and the pots, the food, are still allowed to be left cooking on the stove. On, on the, uh, the stove we described in the previous program. The third set of blasts that is sounded... And silica mesaleak, you remove the pots from the stove, which ones you want to take off, and matmin, and then you insulate whichever whichever pots you want to insulate, uh as you said earlier, with and you light Shabbos candles. Presumably I'm just talking about insulating with something which does not add heat, because if it adds heat, then you're not allowed to do it before Shabbos starts. You are allowed to do it after Shabbos starts, after sunset, as we said, interestingly enough, but not before. You wait the amount of time it takes to roast a small fish or to stick a loaf on the side of the oven. Uh, then you blow a tekiah, a truah and a final tekiah, and then you rest, you stop activity. That's the last moments right before Shabbos actually starts. When the Ramam says waiting this amount of time uh, between the, the, uh, the fifth and sixth tekiah, which is the amount of time to roast a small fish or to put a loaf on the side of the oven, some explain that Raman doesn't say that you should, it's okay to do those things at that time. He's just saying that he's giving you an idea of the amount of time you wait between the fifth and sixth blast of shafers. Choft, here is the first Schafer blast, number one, is done by Mincha time. Uh, apparently, it refers to Plag mincha, which is one hour and 15 minutes before shkia. Uh, again, that depends proportionally. An hour and 15 minutes shazmani is before Mincha. Vashlish is the third one which was a signal for the people to remove the food from the fire and to light Shabbos candles. That's done um, close to the sunset. Similarly, they'd blow another time a trumpet or shafers after the Shabbos ends. When the stars come out, to permit people to go about their business to begin to do Malach again to indicate Shabbos is over. If, if, if M'Kippur falls out on Friday, Lo you taking and they wouldn't blow Shafer to tell people Shabbos is starting because you already can't do malacha and Yom Kippur, so there's no, there's no need to separate people from malacha and because you're now supposed to blow uh, a, a trumpet in Yom Kippur for no reason. Holy is much Shabbos. Yom Kippur falls out on Sunday, so Shabbos ends into, into Yom Kippur. Lo you take and they wouldn't blow Shafer either because um, there's no need to separate to tell people they can go do malacha because you can't do malacha Kipper Yom Kippur of course. No, do you make because since havdala separates from uh, more major holiness to a minor holiness. Shabbos and Kippur are equally holy. And in some ways, Yom Kippur is actually, actually holier, than, holier than Shabbos. Even though, technically speaking, in some ways, Yom Kippur is less holy than Shabbos because Shabbos you have seven alias, Kippur you only have six. But as far as Malach is concerned, they're the same, and therefore, um, you don't uh, uh, you have Dalam. Yom Tov is better of Shabbos. If Yom to falls out on a Friday, taken, you do blow Shefer to separate the people from Malachah because there are some things. Like cooking, which you may do on Sh- Yom you but can ha- you cannot do them on Shabbos, you must stop, which is why they would blow the, the trumpets. Well, I'm a deal, but you not do Avdallah because Avdallah is done for a descent in Kadusha and from Yom to Shabbos, he's going up in Kedusha. Shabbos. If Yom falls in on Sunday, you do make Avdallah uh, to separate from Shabbos to the lower Kedusha of Yom Well, I tell you, again, but you do not make the sound sounded to tell people that Shabbos is over and they can start cooking if they want, because you shouldn't blow trumpets to shayfer on, Sh- on Yom for no reason. And informing the people that Yom is over, Shabbos is over, is, uh, uh, sh- and now it's Yom is not considered a good enough reason to blow a trumpet on, 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 on Yom People can just wait until they're sure that the uh, three stars have come out.